Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy today to introduce you to my friend, Lisa Lewis. She is an executive leadership coach and founder of the podcast, Let Go, Lean In, which she, where she features women mostly, though she has interviewed some men, women in leadership for our mutual encouragement. And I added that little tagline, but I think that's right. And Lisa is not only uh, a great coach, she's a good friend. And I've known Lisa for many years. We have uh, grown up our kids together and we've gotten gray hair together and We've cried together and laughed a whole lot together. So yes. uh, Lisa was one of my first interviewees way back when I started Make It Count Living a Legacy Life because I knew that she was well-spoken. She is thoughtful in her comments. I feel like I get free coaching every time we talk and walk. Really, I do, Lisa. And you feed uh, me and I me do coffee, feed you. So I it do. Works out. I, uh, yeah, you know those signs will work for food. I will uh, get coaching for food, any kind of food. And uh, Lisa has recently moved back into our town, which is really fun because we can see each other, not just online, but we. You've been away ten years now, right? Actually, back. only seven. Oh, uh, it felt it like 10, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you're back in town, but we stayed in touch and that was intentional on both our parts. So I got to stay in your home when I would speak or visit friends up north. And that was great. So um, Lisa recently has, I've noticed on Instagram, she's been doing a series on the Enneagram. It's one of her favorites. She is a certified coach in it. And uh, I know there's some controversy about it, but we're not talking about the controversy today. We're talking about the encouragement that a good personality, um, what do we call that? A measurement Apology. tool? A measurement tool? Is it called? Yeah. I'm onto the Myers-Briggs um, because right. I was certified in that as well. And that has helped me in my marriage. It's helped me in my friendships and probably has helped. I'm fairly sure it's helped me in my leadership as well. Mm-hmm. So um, Lisa, if you would just answer this first question. Do you feel like everyone is a leader? Mm, That's a great question. Here's my perspective. If, If we look at our fingerprints, for example, like we have to, you know, if something gets notarized, we have to give our thumbprint as the unique signature that we have. That's been done by our creator. God has wired us, has put us together as image bearers, his image bearing. And so then who is God and what are attributes of God's character? Well, he is creative. He is a leader. Mm-hmm. He is a faithful individual. You know, we can look at these elements and say, okay, if I bear God's image, then how am I showing that into the world? And so long way around, yes, I think everybody is a leader because God is a leader and we bear his image. How we do that is the beautiful adventure that life is. 
Well, as is typical, Lisa gave a great theological answer. And I was thinking, well, yeah, mom leads because she has three little chicks behind her, you know, but uh, (laughs) you would. And that is how. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that is how, because I think that as extroverts, you and I are both extroverts. I'm fairly sure you're one as well. People naturally say, well, that's just Sue or that's just Lisa. They don't mind getting in front of a microphone. They don't mind leading a meeting or running a room. Excuse me. <clears throat> or coughing on the microphone. They don't mind it because they thrive on it. But I am this uh, shrinking violet, as they used to call them. And I used to be a shrinking violet, if you can imagine, but I was for all sorts of reasons. But we're not talking about me today. Well, not very much about me. But the fact <laughs> is, is that I think we can be a leader in our personality. Uh, Absolutely. Type. Absolutely. Or, no, I don't even want to call it a type, in our leaning, in our leaning. Um, uh, my husband is a leader in our family, but people might suspect he's not just because he's so quiet. But believe me, I would not have married, married a, someone who could not lead me. And I think right. you feel the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and each of us does need to lead in the way that we're wired. Mm. The uniqueness that we bring is valuable to any set of circumstances, whether it's you know husband wife, whether it's parenting, whether it's a work situation, perhaps in your faith practicing. It is going to be more authentic if you are coming from the way that you're wired, not trying to put on this idea of what a leader is, mm-hmm. but being who you are you're going to lead with influence. That's what leadership is, is influence. Okay. Okay. How you wield it is the important thing. I was going to ask you, what is your definition of leadership? Yeah, the influence. Hmm. A person who recognizes that it's, it's not just having a microphone and being in front of an audience that makes a leader. It is much more recognizing that there are needs that are unmet having a vision that usually is a download from God to recognize, oh, this is how this set of circumstances can be addressed or solved or whatever it might be. And then looking around and seeing who is available to help make that vision come into reality. Mm -hmm. So you start influencing by conversations and questions and your own actions. There is a um, phrase going around these days called um, influencer. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't know that's what people were called with a capital I. My daughter's friends at work, she works for Trader Joe's in downtown San Francisco, said, "Is your mom an influencer?" <laughs> and I just laughed because by this time, I knew they were talking about influencer with a capital I. And I said to her, "Isn't everybody?" either for good or for ill. And she did share that with the gal who asked her that. I think it was just because she saw that I was on Instagram. But yes, we are influencers, hopefully for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, My darling niece goes to a church in Monterey and their, their tagline or their mission of their church is called Jesus Famous. And I love that. And our, the, the one for our church is to help people find and follow Jesus. I mean, that is to be an influencer. And that, that needs to be like tattooed on our forehead with our long bangs. We could cover that up. But we don't want the mission of it to be covered up by anything that I would do 
that would uh, derail people from finding and following Jesus or but derail people f- from making me famous over Jesus famous. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, so how does the Enneagram help us lead better? Mm, that's a great question. And, and I'll tell you, the Enneagram is a, is a complex typology and has been around for centuries. centuries. Yeah, I heard centuries. that. Uh-huh. Myers-Briggs, as you well know, has been around since mid-previous century. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there's so much wisdom that is available through Myers-Briggs. Same with Enneagram similar with strength finders, the disc, the top, the big five, there are lots of different personality temperament profiles. Okay. Why the Enneagram in regard to leadership, because it's complex, we are complex. It isn't just a number mm-hmm. on a graph. It is a representation of the uniqueness that we have. So you and I share the same number, but we are not the same. No. <laughs> and and our interests are not the same. The way that we show up in the world True. might be similar, but it's not the same. And and so the enneagram allows an individual to see themselves on a continuum because it's focused on growth and development, not pigeonholing and saying, this is who you are and this is how you are always going to be. There's much more of this is your tendency. And because of that, pay attention to how for ill you might be showing up in these circumstances. What do you need to pay attention to in order to be a better version of who God's wired you to be. Mm-hmm. It, it actually gives growth and development action steps. Oh, it does. And, yeah. Oh. And, and things to pay attention to and ways that you can practice uh, being less, if for a seven, Gluttony is the sin that we often practice, which is how many books do I own? Why do I need more of them? Um, You know, I like all the recipes and all the flavors and all the decor and how many pairs of shoes. And, you know, it it isn't You're stomping on my feet right now, Miss Seven. (laughs) (laughs) I gluttony, I thought, oh, so that's why I like Cheesecake Factory. All right, I was thinking that. That's not what you meant by gluttony. Wow. So as far as though leadership though, how does that, how does that affect me to know that I'm a seven? Specifically there, there are many different styles of leadership, like there are many different individuals, but the way that you lead according to how you're wired if you're willing to pay attention and grow and develop, this is a transformational leadership style. Mm-hmm. You are doing your work and you invite others into their own because you're modeling that you are willing to learn and grow and change and try new things. You don't have all the answers. You don't have it all together, but you are discovering and making those changes, you offer opportunities to your people to do the same. Are you speaking and specifically of the seven or all Enneagram? 
all Enneagram okay. as transformational leaders. Okay. okay. I, I because that, that is a connection. specific leadership style. There's uh, transactional leadership. There's authoritarian leadership. There are many different leadership styles. Oh. And transformational leadership is a style that I recognize that's how I lead. And as a, a practitioner of the Enneagram, it's a tool hmm. for transformation. It sounds like the Holy change. Spirit, actually. Not that I'm trying to spiritualize the, any kind of man-made tool, but uh, God is into tr the mission of transforming me yep. from the inside out. And so I remember when I um, had my husband, before he was my husband, take the Myers-Briggs. Mm. And when I found out what type he was, I said, oh, I would never marry that type because that to me was my least favorite favorite. And he just said, put, he put the test aside and said, well, then forget about it because he wanted to marry me. It didn't matter to him. Um, but later when we would have <clears throat> conflicts, I thought, oh yes. So rather than disparage him or think he's less than, I recognized that he was just different than, and that's how it's helped us in our relationship. <laughs> and I'm sure the Enneagram helps with even more detail. Now, can you give us a specific example of an Enneagram type who leads well because he or she knows their number? And don't use seven because we already have talked a little bit about Right. Yeah, no. Um, they're... You've just there said are, several, but go ahead. Yeah, there are nine different types mm -hmm. in case your listeners are not familiar. So okay. it's one through nine. Right. And each one can, each number can have its own best way of leading mm -hmm. because of the way that they see. Each one of those numbers sees differently. And yet within the Enneagram, there are relationships, numbers see things similarly, but not the same. For example, a one and a six, and let me think, a two, one, two, and six, they see things similarly. They are concerned about what's going on in the world. They're concerned for things being done the right way, safely, for the benefit of others. So they lead with that kind of perspective. They're mm. looking out for the needs of their people and they know that things can be done um, with excellence and they want their people to move in those directions. Mm -hmm. So so that's an example. In a one, a two, a, a six, they are um, in a triad within the Enneagram that's mm -hmm. called compliant. And so they are ones that are... E uh, they are types that are easy to work with. Mm -hmm. They see things, they want the best for other people. And so that's how they lead. Hmm. So each number does it from a different perspective. I have never heard that explained that way. And that is so helpful. Um, perspective has a lot to do with how we live our lives. Like mm -hmm. we might be touched in a different way when we see the same movie mm -hmm. or we see someone begging on the street. How do we go about uh, responding to something, an ill in the world or a need that needs uh, meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, I can see someone who might be listening today who's thinking, gosh, I don't even know, number one, that I, I am a leader. First, I have to get over that. And then maybe I'm having uh, trouble with my own boss or in my mm -hmm. marriage or mm -hmm. in um, 
maybe just dropping where your kid goes to preschool and you don't know why things are not gelling with another mom that you're standing on the curb with. Um, I think that they would do well to reach out to you, Lisa, and just get some uh, input. Coach, and I know you are a coach and this whole thing is not just about advertising you, but I think you are a big help. I think anytime I get some uh, knowledge about myself, but don't, but don't weigh in on it every day, but just accept it and then ask God to use it for his glory. It's, it's so helpful for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. I, I do talk about something called uh, navel gazing, where we are so into um, thinking about ourselves that, that it keeps us stuck because yeah. we're either feeling less than or we think we we think we're better than, you know, mm-hmm. those are the two sins of, right. of Satan that we're, you know, that he's trying to tell me that we're well, not very good at this, Sue, so don't even try. Or you are really better than someone else. Why didn't they ask you to do it? Because you are better. That's pride. And either one keeps me stuck. So how could knowing your Enneagram help you become unstuck? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. As you were talking about that, you know, less than or better than just in this past hour, before we got on this call, when I was working with a client, we were talking about the comparison monster and how comparison steals our joy. Mm. Because we are measuring against a false standard. And to the point of being stuck, this is my favorite quote comes from Christine Kane. She said, living things grow, growing things change. And there are many ways that we need to grow back to the transformation into the likeness of Christ. We're going to be growing until we see him face to face. So you either are participating with the work of change and transformation, or you're looking at yourself and saying, well, this is just the way that I am. Well, that isn't lining up with the way that God wants to move us forward. Mm-hmm. So the Enneagram is simply a tool. Mm-hmm. There, Some people call it the sacred Enneagram. Well, I'll just tell you, it's a typology that has been around a long time for the benefit of helping us grow individually, but in relationship with other people so that we can work together in community, so that we can help one another, so that we can build one another up. These are aligning biblical principles, although it is not within scripture, Mm -hmm. it is outside of it. Mm -hmm. You can see that if God is intending for us to change, then this kind of tool has an opportunity for us to take a look at and say, huh, this is, this is something I've struggled with. How, how does this typology know that this is an issue for me? What does it have to say? How can I apply some of these suggestions intentionally so that I can grow and become a better version of how God has wired me. And you mentioned, you know, my podcast earlier, the title of it is let go lean in. Well, what are we letting go of self-limiting beliefs, expectations that are unrealistic for how we are made, 
not um, lies that we believe that don't line up with how God's wired us. And what are we leaning into? The yoke that Jesus has created for us uniquely. Yours is different than mine. Mine is different than my husband's. My husband's is different than his boss. How do we lean in toward Jesus moving and growing in the way that he has wired us? That to me is an exciting adventure. Mm-hmm. And the Enneagram's a tool in, yeah. in, in that process. I have two questions. Um, what do you say to the person who doesn't who finds out their Enneagram or their Myers Briggs or their spiritual gift even? Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, well, I don't like that. I don't like who I am. What do you say to them? Mm. I probably, my number one question would be, what about that don't you like? Mm. And, and help them get more specific. It might so. often go into comparing with somebody that they admire mm-hmm. and think, and actually minimizing their own gifts. Absolutely. And it also may go into a mindset that they have about where they should be in life by the age stage that they are. You know, there there are so many subtle things that we carry around that that we think just shape who we are, but they are actually self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so I would want to ask, what about that don't you like? When I first heard of Beth Moore years ago, I I was a little jealous because my maiden name is Moore and we're almost the same age. And I'm and the first time I heard about her it was because a friend had heard her speak in person and said, Oh, she reminds me of you. And instead of being flattered or complimented, I was, yeah, but she has small children and she's written published books and she's done this and she's done that. And I've and she's delightful. And I've uh I've uh, struggled with that. It's so stupid. And so, but that is uh, a limiting belief that, oh, I should have done more even when my children were small. Or even Bodhi Tenney, who wrote so many books way into the night when her children were small. And I just thought, I just have to wait till my kids grow up before I give myself space to do that and forgive myself as if that needs forgiving. See, we all struggle with these kinds of things. Well, I don't know if we all do, but I do. Oh, I I think it's a universal issue comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it it shows up in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. We either compete as a result, or we hang back and say, "Well, I can't." Right, right. And Which goes grind. to my second question: Was uh, what if someone listening today says, "Oh, I know my enneagram, or I know my uh, strength finder thing, and this is just who I am, so I can't change." Mm. What do you say to them? Because I think we can make it an excuse for not living fully. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that they're weaponizing something that isn't intended Ooh. to be a weapon. Explain uh, that. Well, either when, when we hold a weapon, we are either defensive or offensive. Right. And if we have taken on the mindset that my temperament profile can limit or be accepted as just the way things are, we're taking on this leave me alone. And we now have, I am this way because of these things. So we say defensive. Mm -hmm. Or we come at someone 
in an offensive way and say, what you see, I'm behaving this way because this is the way I am mm -hmm. and, and justify. Mm -hmm. And I will say that from a biblical perspective, those don't have a place, a place to stay stuck in God's kingdom. Hmm. Because back to what I said about we're in the process of being transformed into the likeness of Christ, we are going to be subjected to change. Hmm. And if we say, I am how I am, God's made me this way, and I'm not changing, <laughs> we're being foolish. Totally. Because if you are the way you are, you're not like Jesus, and that's the goal. <laughs> so... L take a look and say, okay, what, what about that attitude mm -hmm. yeah. is holding me back or pushing people away? It, and we have these great models of men and women in scripture who were imperfect and yet kept striving to become more like Jesus, like Paul, that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. That wasn't said when he was 12. I mean, he was later on saying these things. It's, it's, I think, for all of us as followers of Christ, the more we follow him, the more we realize how far we have to go. And so our whole life is a transformative journey yep. until we get stuck. And I think that's what I like about coaching and therapists and just girlfriends, uh, that we remind each other to get unstuck, to get out from under a rock, to use our gifts. Yeah. And when they don't turn out the way we thought to trust God anyway, because he is the one, as my friend Bonnie Mastin is fond of saying, he is the one that does the real work anyway, in right. spite of me, Lisa, in spite of Absolutely. me, not because of me. And so with that, that is a great piece of encouragement to my heart. So lastly, what does um, knowing our Enneagram type have to do with leaving a legacy since that's the theme of my podcast. Yeah, no, that's great. If we, if we recognize that there are elements about us that God did on purpose, he gave us the color of eyes that we have and uh, the amount of gray hair that I currently have and the number of hairs on my head. He has done these things intentionally. If we recognize we're made with intention, then from my way of thinking, it naturally leads to how can I partner with him to be used in this world? And so knowing yourself and the way that you're wired, the Enneagram typology is one of those ways. How can that help me continue to grow and change? That, to me, showing people around you, your, your people that you are leading, whether it's family or professionally, whatever it might be, you're showing them an agile, willing, open, intentional character. That leaves a legacy of hope. That leaves mm. a legacy of, of growth and dependence and trust on our creator. Mm. 
And to me, our, our life is going to speak, right? Uh, Parker Palmer's book, Let Your Life Speak. Hmm. If, if we know how we're wired and we're willing to take the, the look at those hard places, we'd rather say, well, and turn a blind eye to. If we're willing to grow and change, we're showing others that that's possible. And mm-hmm. so hope is the legacy that we live and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great. And funny enough, that that was a beautiful answer. I was thinking of, we're watching Heartland. It's a Netflix series that's pretty uh, PG. And um, so I can talk about it. But if this there's a huge conflict between a, a grandpa and an ex-son-in-law. And he had to give a speech about him and he didn't really want to say anything nice about him because he didn't like him that much. But in the end, when he told him the speech, it was, you know, you were throwing everything away. You did this, you did this, but you are a man because you recognize what you had done and you've come full circle. So what, mm-hmm. what the gift was, the gift was he rec- the, you're a real man when you admit your mistakes. That's mm-hmm. the point. And so as moms, as wives... I think the best legacy we can pass on is to admit that we're human and that we've made some mistakes and God loves us. And that means that will pass on the legacy that when they feel guilty or they feel shame, that God is, you know, reaching out his hand, the right hand of honor and saying, uh, come unto me, all you who labor and make mistakes, and I will give you rest because I have went to the cross and back to forgive you. So that that's a beautiful way. Okay, so where can people find you? And uh, we'll put those things in the show notes as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I have a website, lisalewiscoaching.com. And you can connect with me there. I have a, a scheduler where you can schedule a free 50-minute coaching exploration session just to see if coaching is something that you're ready for and if coaching with me is something that would be comfortable. So 50 minutes of time, that's all it is. And it's your time and it's free. Wow. It's it's worth it. So lisalewiscoaching.com. And then my podcast of the same name, let go lean in podcast.com. You can find all of my episodes there. And I'm doing a series right now on the Enneagram and leadership. So mm-hmm. it would be fun to mm-hmm. have you catch up with what I've shared so far and the people that I've interviewed. And in fact, your interview is coming up when um, we get to the seven. And this week oh. is the Enneagram four. So it's we're kind of- we're a few weeks out from that, but that's going to be lined up there too. So Thank you, I'd Lisa. Love, to, love to connect with you there and Instagram at Lisa Lewis Coaching. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you on Instagram, Lisa Lewis Coaching. Okay. And also I have um, been under Lisa's teaching too. If you're looking for a women's event speaker, um, she uh, is biblical and well-spoken and doesn't look her, at her notes as much as I do. And so she's... <laughs> Uh, and she's practical and she's vulnerable. So if you're looking for a women's event speaker coming up where as things begin to open up, I'm so thrilled. Um, you can contact Lisa at all those different places. So thank you, Lisa, again so much. And I love you. Thanks, Sue. It was great to be here. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.